Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I am so excited to have part two of Satan Performs at the Super Bowl, a special presentation on behalf of Good Fight Ministries. We're so excited to bring this to you. That's why you're not hearing Tony and Joe on the intro. You will hear Tony... Nope, you'll hear Joe on the rest of the video, and we're excited for that, and we want to thank, once again, our Patreons and also all of our supporters. Get this message out, share it, go to our YouTube channel, see the full version on video to check all this out because it's awesome. God bless. The next artist that we're going to talk about, and we, we covered them, and sadly enough, YouTube actually did take down our video all across the globe on this, but we do have, do have it available on Vimeo, and it had to do with Coldplay, who also performed alongside... Beyonce and Bruno Mars, and much of the reason that they perform next to them is a lot of people are asking, why on earth is Coldplay playing at the halftime show? They're not that big anymore. What's going on? But Coldplay had recently done a video specifically with Beyonce for a song called Hymn of the Weekend. And so we're going to play a clip right here showing you just what the Hymn of the Weekend was. Wyatt Super Bowl 50's colorful performance with Coldplay, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars does Coldplay plaster their equipment with Hindi writing everywhere? Is there a deeper connection to Coldplay and Beyonce's promotion of Eastern mysticism and the occult? Are the incredibly popular pop artists Beyonce and Coldplay being used as tools to further an agenda to turn the masses away from their creator to false demon gods? Coldplay and Beyonce's performance on the greatest stage on earth at their 2016 Super Bowl appearance drew potentially millions of new fans even though Hindus voiced offense by their appropriation and exploitation of their religion in their song and video, Hymn for the Weekend, shot in Mumbai, India. A video that was perceived as religious and cultural appropriation for the purpose of monetary profit. However, there is something far more sinister than cultural and religious exploitation for profit in Him for the Weekend, and it is mass occult conditioning. Many have noted that the video features spiritual hand gestures, like the hand sign, where three overlapping sixes are used to symbolize occult energy, which is also reminiscent of the Tumo symbol, which also often appears as three sixes and is used on Buddhist and Shinto temples throughout the Far East. The video Hymn for the Weekend features Beyonce dressed up like a Hindu bride or goddess and employs the exaltation of Hindu gods and is rife with Hindu religious symbolism. Many are unaware that the Hymn for the Weekend song and video is a celebration of the religious festival of Holi, a spring festival also called Festival of Colors. It is also important to note that the title Hymn, H-Y-M-N, for the weekend refers to a song of worship. However, when you look at the song, it's not about the worship of the one true God, our Creator, but it's about the worship of demon gods and Satan himself. Yeah, I see, you know, when you look at that clip and you see them pushing this Hinduism, and, and I think that's, you know, one of the sick things is you see it, them using the word hymn, as you mentioned in that clip, something that we would sing, you know, to glorify God, and then you look at them, and it reminds me so much of, you know, with George Harrison and mm -hmm. his song, yeah. you know, where he came in. My and, Sweet Lord, yeah. My Sweet Lord, and who's his sweet Lord in that song? 
Yeah, first he sings Hallelujah. And that was one of the most, you know, listened to songs for over a decade on AM radio, actually longer than a decade. And Hallelujah, then he switches it to Hare Krishna. We expose that they sold their souls for rock and roll. And he literally says, we quote him saying he was sneaking up on Christians a bit, getting them comfortable by singing Hallelujah. And then as they get their foot uh, tapping, he says, and he has them in a place of, of security where they think they're okay. Then he says, I drop in Hare Krishna. And before you know it, they'll be singing to Hare Krishna before they know what's happening. I mean, that's what he said, you know? And he, it's, it's demonic. These guys know what they're doing. They're using subterfuge. They're, 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 t they're targeting. It's really the demonic spirits using them, uh, Christians, to get them to worship false gods. And we're not even called to, we're called, warned to even not even use the name of false gods in like a cavalier way. Obviously, we're called to expose false gods. And you read the prophets who, uh, even those who say that don't, mentioned false gods will use their names in the context of expose but we're supposed to be not be cavalier about their names because the bible says the gods of the nations are demons and we showed some of the hindu gods like kali you know the the the, 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 the skulls of the husband she's destroyed a goddess of you know destruction uh shiva's a god of destruction as well uh and basically we read that you know Hare krishna i show from the bhagavad-gita one the the, the so-called you know hindu holy book where he identifies himself as the prince of demons uh, the God of destruction, the serpent of eternity. Who's that? You know, that's yeah. Satan. You know, so uh, we have to be careful. And as I mentioned earlier, Satan doesn't have to get you to worship him directly. He just has to get you to turn away from the living God and turn to idols because the Paul says very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that behind these idols are demonic entities. Amen. And as we move down this train, we have the next artist. And many have always warned, beware of the company you keep. Now, Lady Gaga has not only kept some wicked company, but has performed wickedly in her own right. And in fact, in this clip that you're going to see, you're going to see her talking about her good friend, Marina Abramovich. And watch Joe expose just how wicked this woman truly is. The satanic ritual, which Podesta was expected to attend, as you shall see, if done according to Satanist Aleister Crowley's Book of the Law, which Abramovich appears to be largely following, involves child sacrifice. Most everyone missed the child sacrifice connection with spirit cooking. We know that Abramovich was using much of Crowley's spirit cooking recipe for devil worshippers because she documented this for us in a video where you can see her writing down many of the ingredients for spirit cooking. Gaga has spent much time praising the satanic spirit cooker Abramovich, even claiming her influence on her life. Marina, I think you are so wonderful, so beautiful and inspiring. And, and as a woman, I am want to translate what her work means into my own life on a, on a domestic level. I am obsessed with this woman. She is so incredible. The satanic spirit cooking ritual is better known as the cake of light ritual among Crowleyan Satanists and is like a blasphemous satanic sacrament practiced by Crowley's OTO members that mocks Jesus' last supper of partaking of unleavened bread in remembrance of Jesus' love and death for the sins of the world to deliver them from hell. As you can see, she also uses Crowleyan symbols like the triangle and the number of the Antichrist 666. All of this is quite revealing as to what many of these people in the higher echelons of politics and the entertainment world are all about. We also see here that Abramovich appears to really love the number of the beast as her Twitter handle is AbramovichM666. The Cake of Light ritual was created by Crowley and conducted as part of Crowley's Gnostic Mass ritual where quote, a small flat wafer, end quote, is used and made out of honey, oil, and bodily excrements like menstrual blood, 
breast milk, urine, and sperm. In chapter 20 of Crowley's book, Magic and Theory and Practice, a footnote on the contents when discussing spirit cooking includes procuring the flesh blood of an animal. According to Crowley, quote, the subtle principle of animal life itself is fixed in them by the introduction of fresh living blood, end quote. In Abramovich's video, she claims that she used pig's blood. Crowley and Satanists often take the Devil's Supper every day as the most important of Crowley's satanic sacraments to be fully possessed by the Devil. Crowley taught in his Magic, Book 4, quote, A Eucharist of some sort should most assuredly be consummated daily by every magician, and he should regard it as the main sustenance of his magical life. It is of more importance than any other magical ceremony because it is a complete circle, end quote. Abramovich's prospective spirit cooking dinner with Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, reveals she is no mere neophyte to Crowleyan Satanism as she writes on a wall in blood the Crowleyan recipe for the ritual, mix fresh breast milk with fresh sperm, fresh morning urine sprinkle over nightmare dreams. With a sharp knife cut deeply into your middle finger, eat the pain." End quote. According to Crowley's satanic cult, a batch of the sacrificial meal could make up to 50 or more cakes. Abramovich appears to make something similar to the cake of light. Here she is seen with her friend and fellow occult practitioner, popular actor James Franco, who she instructs to close his eyes as he eats a special cake covered with gold. Eat it slowly and just really feel the texture and the taste. In her video that she herself calls spirit cooking, we see a few seconds where she cuts to a clip of her wrapped up by a serpent. As we shall see, this imagery reveals the main purpose of spirit cooking. Lady Gaga, Abramovich, John Podesta, and James Franco seems like birds of a satanic feather flock together. Birds of a satanic feather indeed, but uh, one of the things that you brought out there. We've talked about Marina Abramovich and her connections, even with Jay-Z and other yeah. artists as well. Microsoft doing some pretty radical things. Recently, yeah, relatively recently. Just yeah. recently, yeah. But what about this Lady Gaga character who was up there, you know, at the Super Bowl halftime performance? Yeah, uh, real quickly, because we had a little bit bigger video, is that the email actually from WikiLeaks that came forth was Abramovich writing to uh, Tony Podesta, John's brother inviting him, saying, hey, are you coming over to this spirit cooking dinner tonight? And are you bringing your brother John, you know? So it wasn't as though she explained what it was, it was as though they would normally go, or he knew what it was. It's pretty obvious, if, you know, if I said, hey, you gonna come to the spirit cooking, you'd be like, what? You know, the average person, you know now. Yeah. But obviously, so it's, at least, and he was, uh, John Podesta was the campaign manager at the time for Hillary Clinton's uh, presidency, and a big wig in her, her you know, her deal. But, uh, she, you know, Lady Gaga is, there's so many things to say about her, but we'll just briefly say a couple things because uh, she's talked about having these wild demonic dreams where her family's being tortured, tortured, but she has to give into Satan's power uh, to, to actually uh, set them free, you know, which was kind of interesting because you heard my testimony, which I've given years and years long before Lady Gaga was in the scene about my mother screaming, my sister screaming, my father dying, my brother crying. First, I was troubled at the devil for the reason, but then the choice, that would be my soul or my family's to be treasoned. Couldn't mean to be a devil or a demon. I thought it's kind of interesting why I saw her saying that. And of course, I chose Jesus. Uh, and Deepak Chopra has told her she needs to embrace the darkness within her. And I mean, they talk about embracing the darkness. She has a song called Judas, and she sings over and over. And I love, I love, I'm in love with Judas. And she sings, sings uh, lyrics in this. In the most biblical sense, I am beyond repentance. 
And she knows what's going on. And she sings, and Judas is the demon I cling to. I cling to. Uh, so she's not clinging to the old demon. He went to his, or Judas went to his own place, but these demonic forces again, him being a symbol of darkness. And she's just perpetuated this whole, uh, a lot of the Eastern mysticism, I in the triangle that Crowley pushed, the age of Horus, all that stuff. Goat, where's the goat's head? We expose a lot of that in, uh, when I do live presentations. Yeah, and you know, at the end of that film, you were seeing just a glimpse, and I hope you check out the, the entire edition because there's way more to get into. And in that, one of the things that takes place is you're seeing just that last image, Mr. James Franco, not only taking that wicked wafer, but also you see him there with Kenneth Anger. And you see, we the have- The co-founder of Church of Satan. Yes. Right, worked uh, with Lester Crowley. Yeah, it was a film like Lucifer Rising, which many of, speaking of Lady Gaga, many of the fans of Kenneth Anger were upset because it looked like that Lady Gaga, for one of her videos, actually stole the intro. And parts yeah, from of his video, from his little movie, The Pleasure Dome, uh, she's actually, he actually shows a woman that's, you know, digesting or eating a rosary. And then she lifts that from, she lifts a number of things from Kenneth Anger, yeah. by the way. And she lifts that from his and incorporates that same imagery where she's eating a rosary slowly. And it's the same way. It's, it's obviously she lifted it. And yeah, she's definitely been influenced and is influenced and is coots with other Satanists. Yeah, and James Franco specifically has been, we, we expose it in our video covering Adam Levine in his own halftime yeah. performance because James Franco himself did music videos alongside having... Kenneth Anger do act as almost like what would be the pastor in a normal wedding, yeah. conducting the wedding. He officiates the wedding, that's right. But he officiates a wicked, satanic wedding. I mean, they're literally covered in blood. It's like an orgy, you know? Uh, and I, I mean, literally, there's some stuff you couldn't even show. Oh, yeah. It's wicked. I mean, it's, they're all creepy music. And, and uh, yeah, that's uh, Franco. People are exposed. I mean, I expose that and some people that I know were like, James Franco? I'm like, yeah, yeah. he's into, he, he's friends with Kenneth Anger and he practices different elements of Satanism. Yeah, without a doubt. And you see all these, as he mentioned, the feathers flocking together. I mean, that's what we're seeing here over and over again. And you see the spirit of the power of the air behind these sons of disobedience. And when you see and, and, and see James Franco, who, you know, Pineapple Express, stoner comedies, or Spider-Man, and so forth, and then you see him doing these demonic activities, you're wondering what is behind him in doing all those things. Oh, yeah. And then, in that, very, in that video with Adam Levine, I believe you exposed something that a lot of people had no idea, because most people know Adam Levine as the judge on The Voice, the lead singer of Maroon 5, singing bubblegum, you know, love songs, and, and so forth. And a lot of people were taken aback during his, even his Super Bowl performance. They're like, why is this guy taking his shirt off? This doesn't even make sense for the songs. But I think it kind of gives a little bit of a, an interlude in terms of helping us show this guy actually is much more sinister than I think a lot of people understand. Yeah, in uh, that particular expose we do when we show, uh, when we show him uh, in the particular song that you're talking about, he basically there's all this imagery where he's basically a creepy stalker and he's stalking a woman and without her obviously knowing about it and he's hiding and he's depicted as a butcher and he's obsessed with her he's following her home he's looking through her window checking her out and then it shows him over her bed when she's sleeping and so many of his own fans tons of his own fans were like this i can't believe he's doing this this is wicked this is creepy that kind of stuff and but there was a lot going on there that people didn't know. I mean, 
in the video, it shows him swinging on a piece of, you know, meat in the in the meat locker, uh, big old side of, you know, side of a cow, and singing about, you know, stalking her. And he even talks about, I mean, the lyrics, you might even want to read some of the lyrics, are really wicked because if you hear the song, it's supposed to be, you know, a lot of people think it's a love song. He's talking about stalking a woman. But what a lot of people don't get, and I'd studied serial killers years ago, and uh, what's interesting is he's a butcher. And there was a butcher, I should say, there was a, in Alaska, a famous serial killer. Not as famous as Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez, or Charles Manson, but uh, Robert Hansen in Alaska, who would basically catch women, let them go, and chase them and kill them. And he would put body parts in a storage refrigerator, so he's got the nickname The Butcher. But what's fascinating about this, and sick at the same time, is it went over, I think, everybody's heads for the most part. Uh, because you don't see people even commenting on it, uh, is Robert Hansen would slick his hair back and had these thick framed glass, glasses that were very distinct. And that's the look he goes for in this video. And he's glorifying this whole thing. These people are wicked, folks. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if you haven't seen that, you guys got to check that out. I think that it is made very, very clear what he's drawing from. And it's a wicked video, hard to even watch. And worse yet, he's doing that to his wife in the video. It's very, really, really just gross and, and, and demonic is what Spearing it is. blood over each, on each other and everything. It's wicked. Yes. And then what we had after that, sh that those shenanigans, we had Shakira and J-Lo. And in that specific performance... Sadly enough, we had over and over again on the internet in the secular realm that this was, this was a beautiful thing to see women empowerment running the show, Latin women running the show, but you can look, you can see little children watching that performance yeah. while these two ladies perform erotica on a stripper pole. Yeah. I mean, in the middle of this... Family friendly, right? That's what it's supposed to be. Family friendly Pepsi halftime show. Next thing you know, we have these two ladies getting raunchy on a stripper pole in front of a bunch of kids. Yeah, and, and you know, that's and that's just like Satan to say, this is woman empowerment, you know? Reducing you to being, you know, just a sleaze monster and to the, the lowest comedy denominator, uh, just lascivious perversion and promoting this as woman empowerment to who knows how many tens of thousands of young ladies and little girls, uh, perhaps hundreds of thousands, because we're talking Super Bowl here, and that that is just you know as a as a, a dad of I've got a, you know besides a son, couple of gals who are uh, and you're married to one of them, <laughs> uh, and having granddaughters it just breaks your heart because this is the imagery that Satan puts out there. This is what you want to aspire to be, and basically a toy for a man, a toy for men in yeah. general, to where you're just their toy that gets you know bounce back and forth and so forth. It's disgusting and, and you know, it's sad because uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, uh, those who cause these little ones to stumble, and a lot of these artists uh, like J-Lo and others are leading them into destruction, uh, it's better that a large millstone be hung around their necks and they be thrown in the sea than the fate that they're going to suffer. Uh, because the Lord says in that same chapter that he doesn't will any, that any of these little ones perish. So it breaks God's heart that there are these forces that he allows them because we have to make a choice between good and evil, Christ or Satan, light or darkness. But he allows them certainly this to take place because he's separating the sheep and the goat. He's separating the righteous from the unrighteous. But we need to make the right choices. But we also need to guard our children from the temptations and the imagery that Satan will seek to use to bring them again 
down that broad road of destruction away from Christ. Yeah, and in the book of Proverbs it says, like gold in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman that shows no discretion. And what that basically means is that while gold is precious and it's and it's valuable, it's like shoving it in a pig's snout. It's a waste. Yeah, the Proverbs and, also say, the charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. Amen, that's exactly the opposite. And as we got, we get into it, that was last year's performance, and now as we get into Abel Tesfaye, better known as The Weeknd, we're going to be talking a little bit about him because I think his lyrics, his content, some of his videos also play a, play a bigger role in simply the vanilla performance, so to speak, not that it was all that vanilla, but uh, that there wasn't much to be talked about uh, concerning his performance in the worldly scene. A lot of people saw that and said, yeah, that was pretty boring, and he probably should have had another artist to come with him. But nonetheless, his music, and one of the songs he performs, he actually has music bragging about some of the music he did. And in fact, one song he sings this, I just won a new award for a kid's show, talking about a face numbing off a bag of blow. And this okay, is a guy yeah. bragging about the fact that in 2015, he was nominated for a, teen, a, a Nickelodeon Teen Choice Award for his song, Can't Feel My Face, which he performed at the halftime show. Yeah, he sings about not feeling his face because he's coked up. Then he has a song, I Can't Feel My Face, and uh, this is what's put, being pushed on Nickelodeon. Uh, and by the way, the song, I Can't Feel My Face, the video for that, uh, there's a series of his videos, which, you know, many, you know, secular people that don't know Christ look at, hey, this looks like he's saying he sold his soul. But the song, I Can't Feel My Face, is quite interesting because the video for that, uh, he's performing at some kind of nightclub and everybody's indifferent. So those people just, you know, they're not really attracted to his music. Uh, they're indifferent. One guy's like yawning and so forth. And then, you know, this... This guy who looks like he's supposed to depict death. He's got the an older guy with his cheeks are all sunken in. He's wearing black. He lights his lighter and throws it to him, throws it on him, and boom. So it's like, you know, many believe it to be a representation of Satan. It definitely looks like he's supposed to represent death. And but he's the catalyst who throws this lighter on him on stage. He hits him and he catches fire. And as soon as he catches fire, he starts spinning and he becomes electrifying, and the fans are in awe as they are many of his fans are now so uh, he goes through this transformative deal when this figure of darkness representing death gives him power and electrifies him and it's quite interesting because uh, when you, you look at what's going on there uh, you see that he is not only it's kind of like the Robert Johnson deal you know we show in our video they sold their souls to rock and roll we go way back to the 30s and so forth with Robert Johnson and we show where the, we show people from interviews even and that, that yeah he was nothing old bluesman yeah no I mean top bluesman that say he couldn't play at all he leaves and they talk about how he said he went down to the crossroads and made a deal with the devil we show his song where he sings about making a deal with the devil but it's interesting that you have this theme throughout rock music and by the way Robert Johnson is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and talks about how you know he had sold his soul at the crossroads and you have this happening today uh, whether he's depicting that or not because I can't be absolutely sure that this is what he means there. I'm very, very careful to document things, but at the same time, there's imagery is meant to say things, so you need to, especially if it coincides with something that's quite, more, quite a bit more blatant, which in his song, uh, Reminder, uh, it's quite interesting because when he's singing on stage, 
during that song, it's very clear that, I mean, emblazing in the background, boom, Satan, just glorifying Satan. Yeah. Disappears, it's almost subliminal. You're able to catch it. Hopefully Tony will be able to put that up there for you guys. And then boom, you'll see it again, Satan. Okay, he's not saying give praise to Jesus, let's all follow the Lord and get saved because we're, we're sinners, we need to repent and get right with the Lord. He's glorifying Satan. Yeah, and that was a concert back in 2017 in Copenhagen, Denmark, that uh, as Tony edited that video for you guys, you guys will see it clearly coming up in the background. And what was so interesting is, be, is I found that specific Satan, you know, him pulling that up on the screen, I found that through someone exposing the fact as a, you know, a fake news kind of thing, saying, no, he didn't do that at the Super Bowl. He did that in 2017. Yeah. The fact is, is that he did that. And the fact is, is when we look at his album, and specifically, I, I believe this last album, After Hours, his, his newest album, he is miserable about where he's gone from. At 20 years old, I believe, he was homeless in Toronto before being discovered. And this is actually a common thing for a lot of people, homeless yeah. or destitute. Jim Morrison so was homeless when he made it big, and he said he met the spirit of Satan on the Venice Canal, sleeping outside. I mean, long story, but same deal. Same deal. Over and over again, you see this, these des desperation, you know, and Satan dangles this carrot for them. And what's interesting is he has multiple lyrics in multiple albums where he says, Cali is the mission. You know, Cali is the mission. And California is really, has really become, as a whole, Hollywood and so forth, yeah. has really become somewhat of a mirage. I mean, over yeah. and over again. And that's a lot of what he has said. And I want to read some of his lyrics so you can see where it's brought him over and over again. There was, a, there was one lyric where he says, I used to pray when I was 16. If I didn't make it, then I'd probably make my wrist bleed. This guy's talking about not making it big or I'll kill myself. And how many people have done that, by the way? Yeah. How many people have ended their own lives? You go to Hollywood make it now. Big? A lot of people walking around were people that came from other states, aspiring to be actors or musicians and yeah. famous. And one lyric he says in uh, "Too Late," he says, "It's way too late to save our souls, babe. Yeah, it's way too late. We're on our own." Yep, he's admitting he's a lost soul. And sadly, it's it's not too late. He needs to know that. He can yeah. turn and repent and put his trust in Jesus. But the problem is, is the thing that he's saying right here, he, in Too Late as well, he starts the song off with, we're in hell and it's disguised as paradise. And that's the truth. That's where he is. It's disguised as paradise. And in his song, Escape from L.A., he says, this place is never what it seems. Take me out of L.A., take me out of L.A. And the fact is, is that, the weekend over and over again, and I think if you read this and you see it, you'll see that what his mission to get to Cali to be this big this big star, all it's led him to is heartbreak. He can brag about his drug use, but you see the heart of it come out, and that's the that's the truth. This is a man who has now been given everything, right? Sang on the biggest stages, yep. dated Selena Gomez and Bella Hadid, and all these great actresses and uh, artists and models and so forth, and yet he's found ultimately how empty all of that is. And he's not the only one. Plenty of stars, guys like Shia LaBeouf saying he has a God-sized hole inside of him. Other stars over and over again. Why, why when you go to uh, Westlake, right, which is an expensive area over here, you see the pharmacy with the door going out the back. Because why? Why the reason? The reason is, is because people are having to pop pills in order to keep themselves not so sad, right? Antidepressants and so forth because they've accomplished what every America told them is the dream and yet they are still unsatisfied. They have chased this vapor over mm -hmm. and over again. 
And The Weeknd's not the only halftime performer, or Super Bowl performer, I should say, that has found this to be true after receiving all the glitz and all the glamour, after receiving all of the championships. You can hear from the own li- the, his own lips from the seven-time Super Bowl champion himself, Tom Brady. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I mean, it's, I think that's part of me trying to go out and experience other things. But there's a, I know, I love playing football and I love being the quarterback for this team. And, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. And different ways of, expression, being around. I know what ultimately makes me happy are family and friends and positive relationships with with great people. And I think I get more out of that than anything. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202 Simi Valley, California, 93062, or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.